You are listening to the 173rd episode of Downtime Podcast. My name is Elisa, and a bit of a surprise today, I have enlisted the help of one of my co-workers and friends to record this podcast. So, say hello to Joseph. Hey, oh my god, it's so great to be here. I feel like I'm like... <laughs> I feel like this is RuPaul's Drag Race, and I'm like the guest judge, <laughs> or the lip sync assassin. I yes. don't know. Maybe both. I think I'll both. both. <laughs> also, so Joseph, for context, um, I started this podcast, Downtime Podcast, almost five years ago with my coworker at my very first job. Um, so my co-host and friend's name is Jeremy, and um, for full disclosure. Jeremy's on vacation right now, which is why I am hosting this with Joseph, who is now my current coworker. And um, a lot of the times when we have these podcasts and one or the other cannot be there and record, usually Jeremy has a whole list of guests and co-hosts that can be on an episode and he can record with, whereas me, I record often solo by myself, which is not because I don't want to have a guest or anything like that it's because i have the most erratic schedule and you know joseph is kind of whack so. yeah we have no work-life balance yeah there is no work-life balance so when jeremy's gone and i have to record by myself sometimes i'm straight up recording at 11 at night because it's the only time that i have free and it's like, oh, I can do this right now. So that's why I tend to record podcasts solo when I, when Jeremy's not here. But today, Joseph, I'm glad that you're here. Thank you. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. Yes. So, Joseph, uh, this is your first time on the podcast. So feel free to introduce yourself, what you're all about, and tell the listeners what types of games you play. Yeah, my name is Joseph. I, I feel like I'm... <laughs> This was like RuPaul's Drag Race. It's like the first episode. <laughs> My name is Joseph. I'm 25. I'm from San Francisco. <laughs> and I came here to slay. Oh, no. Um, yes. Much like Thor and the Hulk, Elisa and I are friends from work. And I met Elisa like my, I don't know, first week working at ILM. And we've just been friends since. Um, Elisa also was my uh, carpool buddy for pre-pandemic times. And Elisa was like the last person I saw like before we went into lockdown. I and know. Because was, I... Like, the last... <laughs> yeah. You were the last person I saw for like a... And then I didn't see anyone for like a month and a half besides my boyfriend. You see, the thing is, who would have thought that when I dropped you off at your apartment, that was the last time that we would ever see each other for a while. <laughs> yeah, I was like, yeah, we're going to be... It's like summer break. See you guys in three weeks when the pandemic is over, and then... It was like a year and a half. It's still going. And it, it might start over. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Lambda. Hashtag Hello. Lambda. Hashtag Lambda. Um, <laughs> I play a lot of games when I have time to play games. Very much into Fortnite, uh, which I kind of ironically played last year. And then I started unironically 
What does ironically playing it mean? Fortnite is one of those like, oh, you play Fortnite. You're like a 13-year-old child. You know what I mean? Like, mm. I was like, I was like, okay, fine. I'll try it, but I'm going to hate it. And I'm going to like, this is going to be like a stupid thing. And surprise, I'm still playing it like a year later. Um, Like every day of my life, basically. I buy all the battle passes. I have the Ariana Grande skin. Oh my God. I have oh yeah, that's right. Epic. That's out now. Yeah, and I like I have all the Marvel skins I like. Oh my god! And it's now I unironically play it, which means like I play it because I want, <laughs> not because I'm trying to prove to other people that it's a stupid game like it was last year. So, um, and of course I recently got back into Overwatch after like not playing it for like a year. Um, I don't know. I just missed it a little bit. I kind of just missed like the multiplayer aspect of things. So if in, you know, in the pandemic, I like played a lot of like solo games, um, like Pokemon, which I, I play a lot of, um, in Animal Crossing. Well, I guess Animal Crossing could be multiplayer too, but yeah, um, that's kind of like my vibe. I play a lot of like my first video game I ever played and finished was Resident Evil 2 and I was a seven year old boy. So that says a lot about me. Wow. And I didn't know that was your very first video game. Yes, Resident Evil 2, I was seven years old, I picked it up and I finished it. That was the first time I ever finished a game. And I've uh, been playing Resident Evil games ever since, and Pokemon games ever since. Um, those are kind of like my top two franchises. Random interjection, but my co-host Jeremy also loves Resident Evil 2. Are you yeah, the sec- like when you say Resident Evil 2, do you mean the original one from PS1 or like the remake? I think, did he play, oh god, did he play the remake? I don't know, ugh, I don't remember right now if he played the remake, but he he does like Resident Evil too. Yeah, it's a good game. I mean, yeah. talk about scaring people in 1990, I don't know, 5, 6, or 7? Yeah, probably. And all the things scaring you are like polygons. Like, they look ridiculous now, <laughs> but like, like, they just look like, you know, like really bad UV wrap skins. They, they look like, um... They look, they, the Minecraft looks better. Let's put it that way. But like, back then, that was scary. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, games has evolved so much. And now, like, the yeah. remake of Resident Evil 2, it's like, it's insane. I, I'm at the same level of scariness, if not more, playing the remake. Um, and yeah, I, I play, honestly play a lot of Capcom games. Resident Evil, mm-hmm. Devil May Cry, I Dead Rising. Um, the Marvel versus Capcom games. Um, I know you're a Tekken person. I, I don't. Okay. I I mean, uh, oh, you're right. I am more more of a Tekken person. Yeah. Tekken X Street Fighter was like the closest I got to playing. I mean, Street Fighter X Tekken, which I think they're still working on a Tekken version of that, which is weird because it's been like almost a decade, but. It's been um, a very long time, and as one of those people waiting for the Tekken version of it, I've been like, I'm just like, where is it? It's never. It, honestly, it's know. never coming out. I- <laughs> it's never. I feel like it got repurposed because Akuma is in Tekken Seven, yes. which to me says that they worked on his gameplay and then reused it for Tekken Seven. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they, it, it existed. He has a whole thing. But yeah, no, I was like excited for it. I thought it was coming out like within the year that Street Fighter X Tekken came out and I'm still waiting. One thing I think about is the command list for Tekken is a much more broader list and you can have maybe 60 plus moves 
for a character and a lot of combos versus Street Fighter, you're limited to maybe less than 10 moves and not that many combos. So if you're, for example, bringing Ryu or Dalsim to a Tekken setting, you have to add more moves and more commands as well, which they might but be struggling again. with. I don't know. <laughs> but then again, if you're a basic bitch like me and you play Lily in Tekken. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> there's five combos, you just do it over and over, you do your little twirls, <laughs> and you do your little kicks, and you do your little cartwheels, and then you flip your hair. It's very call true. It um, and, and that's what I do. There's a reason why Lily is one of the most popular Tekken characters of all time, and and her combos are solid, and you really only have to memorize, like, two things, and then that's it. So. Now, Resident Evil 7 is also really weak, in my opinion, though. It's Did you play not... the VR version? Because I know that version came to VR. The PSVR version? Yeah. I mean, there when, I, when it came out, I remember there was, like, one stage... And it was just like, it was weird. Like, it wasn't, it didn't give me the ooh-ah-ah ah, sensation, as mm-hmm. Bonnie Cart in the Boss Drag Race says. It just, it's just kind of like, it was okay. It's just, Tekken 6 is my favorite Tekken game. Let me tell you why. What was yes, that mode why. called? Let me, what was that mode called where there was like a story, scenario campaign? That was so fun. Like, I don't know if you know what I'm talking about, but that's like when it's like a two-player part, and it's like Lars and Elisa. Oh, was like, yes, okay, that I remember game. that. And you met all the characters along the way, and you had to fight all the characters. There were NPCs. It was like so fun, and eventually you can choose whichever two characters to like play the whole mode. And it was like I wanted that for Tekken Seven, and they had like a story mode, but it was weak. It was like most of it was like not CG. Like it was, it was like. A storybook. I don't know. It was. It just didn't give me everything. Yeah, it was. Um, it was more of a storybook, and the. I, if I remember correctly, that storyline had to do with Heiachi and just the. Yeah, it was Heiachi and his wife. Yeah, um, Kazumi, Kazumi. Um. Also, like so many characters are missing and were missing and are still missing. Where's Christy? Where's Christy? Oh, I'm not well, playing this game until I find Christy. Like I'm tired. The thing is, it took so long. It took so long to even get like, like lay lay long and like yes, and for Anna. Yeah, where were they? Like, it's been oh my god. And I'm I'm not I'm not in love with any of the new characters. None of them. Yeah. I don't feel a connection. When Tekken Six came out, girl, I was like Zafrina. Ooh. So good. Miguel. Joseph, we so gotta play Tekken against each other. I don't know how deep you are in this. I, they have to make it for the Switch or something. Because, okay, like, that's fair. It's, it's like, I, I don't have it anymore for PS5. But like, yeah, Zafrina, like, talk about good characters when Tekken 6 came out. Miguel, Bob, yes. um, Leo. There, there were so many, Az- Azazel, there were so many good characters in Tekken 6 when it came out. And 7, it's like, Oh, there's, what's his name? Shaheen? Shaheen's okay. There's a Filipino, we have Filipino representation now. Oh, God. But like, what was her name? Um, it's Josie. There and you go. Her, half of her moves, I think, are reused from Soul Calibur. So the thing, yeah. Um, I was actually about to say the same thing. The reason why I didn't like Josie and I wasn't a huge fan was because I feel like her moves were a copy from like Talum or something, for example. And there's, and you know, a bunch of other things. 
But I feel like you could have chosen a different martial arts representation and style. Yeah, Eskrima. Yes. yes. Oh, oh my, my god. Eskrima. Yes. That's what it is. Eskrima. Yes. Like, Joseph, we gotta play this game together. I had no idea. <laughs> and it's like she doesn't speak with like a Filipino accent. Yeah. Like, what is she? She's just like your homegirl from Daily City who like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. It just did, it didn't dig, dig deep enough for it to be like fun. And then Master Raven, garbage character, just give me Raven. Like, I don't mm-hmm. need, I don't know. I just, I have a lot of feelings about Tekken 7. Anyway, I could talk about this all day. All right. So the next time that you have a game night or there's something going on. So what I'll do is I'll bring my PlayStation over. I'll bring Tekken 7. Actually, no, no, no. I'll bring over Tekken 6 and then I'll bring over my favorite Tekken game, which is Tekken Tag Tournament 2. So. Yes. Oh my God. I love Tekken Tag Tournament 2. And my biggest favorite about it is that they made everyone speak their native languages. Yes. yes. Everyone. That was like a really good change. Yes. yes. And, and I, I just feel like, like especially Tekken Tag Tournament 1 and 2, it just feels like I feel represented. Like everyone is just there. Everyone, everyone is there. Everyone's there. Everyone has their own thing. And even though it's like, like non-canonical, it's like great. But like, what's this? Like, that doesn't make any difference because like at this, like the canon for like Tekken is like ridiculous. So, but yeah. we, we will play these games together. It also just had really good character designs, especially for yes. people that you didn't see for the longest time. Kunimitsu in that mm-hmm. game. Oh my god, her gameplay was upgraded her new design beautiful yes. angel i'm still obsessed with angel's look ogre some of my ogre so to your to your point some of my favorite tekken characters are from tekken 2 which is angel ogre kunimitsu june like i i like all of them so it's one of being confirmed as unknown in tekken tag 2 yes it, I, like, that's pretty much confirmed yeah i mean that's it gave us everything we wanted Exactly. So, I don't like the. I don't know. I I don't feel like the guest characters are necessary. <laughs> it's so annoying. Like why? Yeah. I don't know. I just have a lot of feelings. Like why is Negan here and that kid from Final Fantasy VII, but we still don't have Christy? Yes. I I'm just as someone, you know, I just love the spammy characters, Christy and Lily. Easy people for me to use, okay? No, it's I have it's ADHD fine. and I don't have time to learn everything. It's totally fine. They won't give me my girl. It's, it's totally fine. fine. Also, it, it took a very long time for them to also add Eddie. Like, like I think Eddie, Eddie was part of the first DLC of Tekken. Like, like, it took a while. while. So, so basically, basically, what I'm trying to say is, who knows when Chris is going to come on. But I don't know. Yeah. They're going to make Tekken. I don't, are they still making this game? Like, are they still doing updates? Okay, What's going so on? I haven't looked this up recently. What I am told is that if there is a Tekken 8, there might be a Tekken 8, but the um, Mishimas are no longer going to be the main storyline, is what I understand. Which is, like... Fine. Which is, which is fine. Um, just because, like... I mean, like, I, I love Jin, and I do, I do like Heiachi, especially from, like, the previous games, but, you know, I'm cool for a new... new New guy, new storyline. So, let's do it. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Jin. It's like everything, Tekken just abandons everything. It's like, Jin, what, what is the Jin Xiaoyu relationship? You know what I mean? Oh like, my god. Is it romantic? Is it not romantic? Is it platonic? Are they friends? Are they homies? Have they made out before? 
I don't know. And this I've been trying to figure out since I was a child. This I'm tired. conversation makes me so happy right now. I'm tired. <laughs> I had no idea you you knew this much about Tekken. <laughs> like, we've been friends for like two years. <laughs> I and we know. What the hell? I know. Okay, anyway, we gotta move on. We yes, gotta- we gotta move on. Okay, for just a little bit more context before we move on. Seriously, our carpools consisted of Joseph trying to get me to buy Pokemon and I and I'm just like I will eventually I just don't have money to spare now and then you like, didn't I didn't to be fair I didn't but god Joseph all of this time we could have also been talking about Tekken so yeah what the hell I had no idea uh, this is so weird because I knew you were into Tekken because your desk had your little Funkos but yeah I can I can dig deep into this I haven't. Back in the day, I'd say Tekken was, like, my third favorite series after Resident Evil, Pokemon. Yeah. But, like, not anymore. I just fell out of love for it. That's exactly. okay. That's okay. Um, yeah. Great. So All right. We're going to change the topic because we really can go a whole hour into Tekken. Yeah. <laughs> but we'll talk about this another time, Joseph. Yes. So before we go into the games that we're playing right now, I wanted to quickly talk about the an issue I'm having with the Nintendo Switch, which if you have Discord and you're following it, my Switch has Joy-Con drift, and I have a Switch Lite. It's terrible. I temporarily resolved the issue by recalibrating it with the Joy-Con drift, so now it's to the drift, which is fine, but I, I just know... That I, I know I have to fix it. Look, I know I have to send it or whatever, but I'm just so lazy. I want to see how far I can go without fixing it. And yeah, I just got my Switch like last year. Actually, no, not last year, but 2020 of 19. And then um, um, it's a light. It's a light. So which so basically, if I, I if I do, because the thing is, you can't just do. Um, a Joy-Con repair and just send the Joy-Con. I have to send the whole Switch yeah. to them, and then they yeah. they either they either fix it, I guess, or they send me a completely new Switch. So I don't know. It's just uh, which I mean, like, it's fine. I'm just too lazy to do it, which means I have to get a box. I have to just like do all the stuff. So basically, I'm just yeah. I'm basically I'm just kind of like, let me see if I can finish Neo without having to do this whole repair, and then I'll repair this after Neo. I, I finish Neo, so. Yeah. That or just, I mean, you've, because you have a Switch Lite, and I respect that. I love that. Because, you know, it's, it's cute. They have fun colors, and it's very portable. But you don't have the experience of, like, docking your Switch on the TV. It's so fun. I don't, but I am, like, when, like, I, I've talked about this before on the podcast, but, like, for me, my portable devices, like, really is just, like, a portable device. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And it's like, I, um, like, eventually when I do, when I go into the office, like, whenever I have to go into the office, I, um, sometimes I take the train, which is why this is, this is really, like, a useful one for me because it's smaller than a regular switch. Um, you whip your, you whip your switch out on the train? Yeah. On the bar? Oh. Girl. You, I got I got my ways. So what you have to do is you sit you sit by the window and you and you just make sure that like eventually like through one of the stops that someone sits next to you 
And then you open up your backpack. I played the Switch inside of my backpack, if that makes sense. So it's like, okay. I don't have the Switch, like, out, and I'm just like, here I am playing it. It's like... Yeah, I'm like... It's, it's in my backpack, so... That makes sense. I was gonna yeah. say, I was like, girl, oh, yeah. you are out here fully flexing your... No! <laughs> fully showing <laughs> KK Slider out in here, I'm like... <laughs> You're crazy. I would not. I don't even like pulling out my Switch in the office because I just, I'm so scared. I, I mean, no one's going to go the office, but still. When I pull, when I play Switch in the office, it's uh, at the cafeteria when, when I'm like on my lunch. Yeah. So honestly, yeah. I don't mind people. The thing is when I'm on, when I'm at lunch, I don't mind you seeing me play my Switch. I'm trying yeah. to, I'm trying to be a game right now. <laughs> so. Yeah. I used to bring my Switch because that's what I would do while waiting for sense. Yeah, like, you know, it's exactly. And you're waiting at like 10 p.m. Pull out your Switch, catch some Pokemon. It's a great way to spend time. Exactly. Yeah. But that's- well, I'm sorry you have the drift. It's okay. Like I said, um, I'm playing this game called Neo: The World Ends with You, and I'm trying to fin. I I think it's a quick game. It, it feels like a quick game. I don't know if it really is, but um, I'm gonna try to finish that. After I finish that. Then I will return my switch to get it repaired. So never heard of this game. I'm looking it up right now. This yeah. looks fun. Cool. Oh, is this old? So, so this is this is the sequel to a game called The World Ends with You, which came out in 2007. And I never played the original game. So I'm play. I'm just only playing the sequel, which is called Neo: The World Ends with You. And um, t- like honestly, I feel like you don't. You didn't need to play the first game to play this one because I'm perfectly fine right now. This related to like it's Square Enix, yes. and it looks very, very Kingdom Hearts. So I, it like it. It shouldn't be surprising that Square Enix often uses the same battle s- styles and systems across their games. Yeah. Um. This. This is a little bit, so it is fantastical in that way, but it is a little bit different. So it's like, so the, the gist of the game is you have two, you start off with two main characters and they're friends and their names are Rindo and Fret. And they're part of this game called the Reapers game. And so what that does is, so they, they live in Tokyo and in Tokyo, they become part of this world where no one can see them. But they can see everyone around them and read their thoughts. So it's like <laughs> these two characters become become psychics in this world called the Reapers game, and they yeah. and then with these psychic powers, you you can like read thoughts and all of these things, and then you defeat enemies. And um, I don't. If this might be a spoiler, so spoiler alert. <laughs> um, spoiler but, alert. Spoiler alert. This was re- so the game plays out in days, similar to Persona Five. Um, or just the Persona game. So it's like your pl- so each day is a, is like a different mission. Um, so the spoiler alert is that on day two, the plot twist is that the two main characters are dead. And the world that you're in, the Reapers game, is a death survival game. And you are fighting against other people who are dead in this Reapers game. And you're just basically doing missions each day, so it's no. so it's like, um, it's very like like the feel of it, like the art style is is very stylistic to like a Persona Five comic book panel style, like anime style. 
Um, the battle system definitely feels like Kingdom Hearts. Um, so when you play the game, there's something called a pin. And, like, a pin, like, you know, like those pins that you clip to your shirt or, like, a backpack? So, yeah. So it's like, you collect pins after defeating enemies, and each pin represents a different attack. So you can only have one pin on you at a time. And, and by the way, that might change in the game, but if it does, I haven't reached that point yet. I haven't looked much into this game. Or, cause I, when I play games, I don't like to look up, like, how long the game is, or kind of like a lot of the plot points, unless I'm like having trouble, like, and I need to walk through. But, um, so it's like, for example, one, like, one pin you can equip to one person, and then that's like a long range fire attack or ice attack. And then another pin might just be, like, a regular close-range slash attack. And so, and, like, some, um, some attacks, like, have an immediate, like, response. And other attacks, like, you have to fill up a gauge and use up a gauge before it's used. So it's, like, it, it's definitely, like, one of those, like, active battle systems where it's, like, you can hack and slash, but there is a strategy to it because you want to make sure you have the right elemental pin or, like, when you, um when you are, like, following up with an attack, maybe you follow up with, like, the farther range. So it's, like, very similar, like, it, it does have very similar battle, like, systems and points to other Square Enix games, for sure. Well, if it's anything like Kingdom Hearts, I'm gonna tell you, I'm gonna be overwhelmed. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I'm, like, watching my boyfriend play Kingdom Hearts, and I'm like, what is... What is happening? Like, it's a lot. And Square Enix, I mean, okay, what Square Enix game am I playing right now? Oh, I'm playing the Avengers game, mm-hmm. which I think is Square Enix. Is it? Hold on, let me look this up. Yeah, the, spread this the new Avengers one is Square Enix. Well, it's Crystal Dynamic. Which is, oh, which you know what it is? I think Square Enix is, is publishing it. Yeah, I think Square Enix. I think Crystal Dynamics is like the American wing of Square Enix. Um, they, are, they are a developer underneath. So. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, Marvel's Avengers. Also, shout out to. Developing. Real quick, one, shout out to one of my old co workers, Rachel, who helped produce that game. So, anyways. Oh, Rachel. Shout out to everyone involved in this game. Shout out. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it is Crystal Dynamics published through Square Enix. Um, another uh, like yeah. another Square Enix game for reference is if you've played Tomb Raider, Final Fantasy. So, oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. My first, my favorite, one of my favorite games of all time is um, Final Fantasy Tactics. Ooh, ever. and I don't think there will ever be a game that will top my experience playing that game as a child. I love that game so much. Yeah, and I try. I still play that game like every other every couple years. Oh, I didn't um, know that. That's like, cool. Part to end, just because I'm really like, I'm really attached to it. Um, but yeah, it sounds like a good time. Um, I hope you finish good- this game so you can nail your switch. <laughs> oh no, totally. Um, I I get vibes that this is a shorter game, so um, or like shorter in a sense that it's like less than. Th- but probably less than 40 hours, which is, like, not short, but, like, short. Yeah. For, not it's short. It's a Switch game. It's yes. not that long. Yeah. But 
short for a JRPG, because we all know JRPGs can extend to basically 70 plus hours. So, exactly. yeah. So, let me let me ask you this. I know you still play Animal Crossing. Correct. Are you going to be okay being away from the if you mail your switch? Look. Okay. So, I uh, I do have attachment issues right now. All right. Anyways. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> okay. So the good news with Animal Crossing, which is not good news for me, is that they they are current. So according to the developers at Nintendo, they're developing new events and new DLC for Animal Crossing, but it's not out yet. So, um, a lot of the stuff this year they're they're kind of repurposing from last year. So if I do send out my Switch, I am not missing much, especially if I send it out in September. Nothing happens in September in Animal Crossing. So I so it's yeah. like. If I send it out in September, it's not too bad. Um, I cannot send it out in August because August is my favorite month of Animal Crossing because it's fireworks. So I will, um, I cannot send it this month for sure. And then this is is probably when I'm playing, um, the world ends with you. Also, another, another topic is that I just got a new villager who is a cute, (gasps) it's a cute blue rhinoceros named Hornsby. And he's adorable. And now I'm just like, oh god, I have to send out my switch soon. But but the good news is that I don't have to send it out till September, and nothing happens in Animal Crossing in September. So, yeah. so. have you? Have I think you started playing Animal Crossing a little later than the the general population, right? No, no, you played on time. So, like, I played on time, but I didn't get it until maybe, like, two weeks after it came. You see, I'm trying to remember. I didn't get it on launch. Like, have you I didn't been get- in my vi- Have you been to my village? Yes, I have. You've and- been to Swirly Vale? Yes, I have. But the thing is, and, like, you've definitely been to my village. Um, I've been here. But, like, village. my village has completely changed. Man, I'm so proud of my new village. <laughs> <laughs> my new island. I want to go. There needs to be an episode where I just visit you. Okay. And <laughs> okay. Yes, we're gonna we're gonna make that happen. I this year I revamped my whole island, and I'm all like, I'm just so proud of it. Like, I just really, really like my current setup. So you will visit my island soon. And yeah. um, also, man, maybe you should just visit me. Today's a. Uh, maybe visit me sometime next Sunday because um I have Olymp- I have Olympic fireworks like I made fireworks specifically for the Olympics so and I'm cool. and I'm very proud I'm very proud of those because that took like four hours for me to finish so <laughs> so here's my thing with Animal Crossing yes I love Animal Crossing so much like it got it got like like so many people it got me through the pandemic and I love. Every single one of my villagers, my island, Swirly Vale. I'm really proud of it. We have like a market. We have, we have like a beach market. I have an entire RuPaul's Drag Race like set with like my runway. I'm and pretty my sure I visited like, your runway room. before. Yeah, I have my runway. I have my like workroom. I have my untucked interior illusions lounge. I have like a Jurassic cafe. I have, oh my God, I have like a beach. I, I just have. I, and I, I, I miss Animal Crossing. And the thing about it is like, oh, and I have a castle now. I built a castle. That was like the last project I did. The thing about Animal Crossing now is like, every time I go back, it just, it doesn't spark as much joy as it used to. 
and all my villagers yell at me for not being there and it just makes me like sad and then i just like oh here i go i have to pluck out all the weeds and like everyone hates me and there's all these things that i miss now and it's like i guess i'll just like totally like play but then like i don't know i just lose it i i i it doesn't bring me as much joy as i used to which is really sad and i think part of it is just Nintendo really should have had a bigger release push for content, in oh, yes. my opinion, when this game came out. Because it quickly got repetitive and quickly got boring, unfortunately. I mean, I'm going to be real about it. I love Animal Crossing. My favorite villager of mine is Apple. Apple is amazing. Who's Apple? Um, Apple is or like what the animal little... is Apple? It, Apple is a hamster. She's okay. a pop star. She's a little red hamster. Okay. Um. Yeah. I have Apple. I also have Raymond, which that's a cat, right? Everyone loves. Yeah, er, the yeah. one everybody loves with like yeah. the different eyes. Yeah, I have Raymond. Um, I have Apple. I have Raymond. I have. I, I just. I. I have Stitches now. Um. Okay. Everybody like. I, I have like a lot of popular people. I am trying to get. Oh, for the love of God! I am trying to get Stitches. Stitches is my birthday villager. I've been trying. Oh. To- I've been trying to get Stitches for so long, and it just hasn't worked out for me. But one day I'll get Stitches. It's just so annoying. But um, I, I would um, offer, <laughs> offer Stitches. <laughs> I also love Stitches, but I don't even play this stupid game, so I feel bad hoarding all of these people. No, There's like, don't feel bad. My birthday villager is Midge. Mitch. Midge. Okay. But I don't think. Is Midge in New Horizons? I don't know if Midge is in New Horizons. I'm not sure. Maybe she is. Um, but yeah, we share a birthday March 12th. But yeah, oh. Animal Crossing is so fun. I like, I really miss it and I really wish it was like, I really wish it was exactly how it used to be, but it just, it's so dry now. So I had, yeah. so I had this conversation with my boyfriend because Pretty much after the... So the Sanrio DLC was March. And after the Sanrio and Mario DLC, they completely stopped updating the game. Like, the like the last big event was Festival. Festival with um, the Peacock. And, and after that, like, they just, like, did not update the game anymore. And so my boyfriend does not play Animal Crossing, but he has Pocket Camp on his phone. And Pocket Camp gets updates every month. Like, one time, like, a couple weeks ago, he just gave me his phone, and he's just like, look, like, there's a submarine in Pascal's back. And I was just like, why don't I get a submarine? Like, yeah. Like, I want a second, you know what I want? I want a second island. Yeah! Like, 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 like Pocket Camp gets updated so much, and I, it's just, like, there are things, so, like, there are things that I'm just like, I want a bouncy house. Like I want all of these things from Pocket Camp. And yes. um and also, you know how I told you I made Olympic fireworks. So like, okay, let's put let's break this down. So and so Animal Crossing comes from Nintendo, which is a Japanese company. The Olympics just came out. Olympics 20 Tokyo 2021. Of all the possible add-ons or updates you could have for Animal Crossing, how could you not have an Olympic update. Oh, no. Nintendo has been dropping the ball on so many things lately. It's yeah. Like str- 
Yeah. Yeah. Like it's like it's really a Nintendo thing, which is unfortunate. Um. Yeah. So I so apparently there was an announcement where they were like we're making new updates for the game, and it's just like I hope so because like we haven't gotten anything since the Mario and Sanrio updates. So, um. Yeah. It's 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 very frustrating. Um. For me personally, I actually still enjoy Animal Crossing, but that's also because uh, I'm a sim game person. Like I, I just like I can easily go back to my sim games and it's just like it's just like like super um therapeutic for me like i like i'll always go back to just regular the sims like sims 4 or 3 or i'll go back to animal crossing or i'll go back to stardew valley like like it's like that type of stuff is like just like very like second nature sims sims is fun i just wish sims was multiplayer oh i don't know why sims is not multiplayer i mean well for one i always get yeah I was about to say, I feel like that's, like, the direction we're probably going to go into in The Sims 5. Like, there's going to be a multiplayer option. So, um, that's what I anticipate. It just feels like that's what the next level is. But, I get that. Yeah. But, yeah, I completely agree with you that Animal Crossing basically, like, dropped the ball this year by not having updates. Which is crazy, because, like, first of all, like, you had the Olympics. Like, this was the most obvious possible thing that you can do, and you didn't do it. So. I don't know. Yeah. I think at the end of the day, we just need... <laughs> My friend um, always keeps talking about this, because I'm a Pokemon person. Yes. And Nintendo and Game Freak are just so... They know that we're going to eat this game up, whatever they come out with. Like, they know they're going to make the sales. So they don't have much of, they don't have much of like a risk to try new things and be better just because Nintendo's Nintendo, you know? It's true. Everybody has a Switch. Everybody's going to buy these little Pokemon games. Everybody's going to buy these little Mario games. And they don't have like, you know, Xbox and PlayStation are completely fighting, and they're even fighting, like, PC. Nintendo, they don't need to worry about all of that. Like, they're just... Yeah, they they just exist. Like, yeah, you can't get Nintendo games anywhere else. Besides, like, mobile, you know, there's, like, mobile games that are Nintendo. But, like, in general, yeah, Nintendo is just, like, sitting high and mighty. I agree. And as a Pokemon fan, it's, like, a little sad. Um, so, from like, your standpoint, like, What's going on with... Because I know you're playing Pokemon, right? So what's going on with, like, the, from the Pokemon side? Because I, I am not currently playing Pokemon or, like, Pokemon Snap or anything yeah. like that. So, as a franchise this year, I think Pokemon is pretty strong. They have, like, a couple games coming out and a couple games that already came out. Like, Pokemon Snap was a moment. It was really fun. Um, I had a great time playing it. It's really pretty. I'm dreading this new remakes coming out in November for Diamond and Pearl. Um, so if you don't know, Generation 4 of Pokemon, and you can fight me, okay? You can tell me where you are. I will post up if you don't agree with me. You can fight me if you're listening to this. <laughs> oh, Generation God. 4 of Pokemon is the best. Period. I, just out of curiosity, is that is that the reason why we're, like, why there is a remake for Diamond and Pearl? Is that, is that overwhelmingly well, the most popular... Kind of. They had remakes. So, like, the first remix they ever did was for the Game Boy, I think, Advance. 
when they did um fire red and leaf green and then they did like a gen 2 remake from heart gold and soul silver during gen 4 so during gen 3 yeah so during gen 3 they remade gen 1 during gen 4 they remade gen um 2 and then during gen i believe 6 they remade gen 3 so now we're on gen 8 and they're naturally remaking gen 4 Mm-hmm. But the thing about it is, they have two things coming out that has to do with this this region. They have a really faithful remake called Brilliant Diamond and Spatial Pearl, I think? Um, or maybe Celestial Pearl, I don't know. But Brilliant Diamond and Spatial Pearl coming out. Um, is that what it's called? Hold on, let me look it up. Yeah, I I'm oh Shining Pearl. Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl coming out in November. And then they have this other game called The Legend of Arceus coming out in January. So here's the thing about the Sinnoh region. The Sinnoh region in Gen 4 was the first ever region of Pokemon on the DS. And mm. the Switch, lovely console. But nobody gives a shit about the Switch as much as people give a shit about the DS. When the DS came out, it was like the coolest thing. I don't know if did you ever you had a DS probably, right? I think I had the three. So I so I had the three DS, but I didn't have like the regular DS. But like it, but I do agree. Like the DS lasted a very long time. In fact, I still think the DS is supported to this point. Yeah, there's. I think there's still some games on it, but like. It just was, like, so big, and it lasted, like, I don't know, in Pokemon years, it lasted, like, four generations. Um, th- four, generation four, five, six, and seven were all on the DS. And, um, the thing about this situation is they, Pokemon came out with Sword and Shield in 2019, which had, in my opinion, mixed to negative reception, because... Bad graphics, basic mm. plot, subpar Pokemon. Everybody listening, you can look up. Like, everybody has an issue with this game. I don't have a big issue with this game. I like this game, but it didn't give me... It, I wasn't living um, for like all of it as much as I was living for like other Pokemon games. Okay. But I still liked it. Um, so a lot of Nintendo and Game Freak had a lot of backlash because it felt like a half-baked game. So... Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl. We all knew the world has been asking for Sinnoh remakes because it's a beloved generation and it's a beloved region with a great plot. Basically, Sinnoh, the Sinnoh region in the Pokemon world, is where like the creation plot of the world takes place. Also, it's like I really liked the Diamond and Pearl anime at this time too. Yes, yes. Also, me. I yeah. love Dawn. Like yes. I just love it. Is undoubtedly the best region and the best lore it's just like like i said it's like the lore and mythology behind it is it's where life started it's where the first pokemon was born his name is rc or their name is rcs they created the world and they created all pokemon yada 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 it's really cool um so if you like like big mythology things that's awesome so everybody has been asking for it for a long time like i want a diamond pearl remake i want a diamond pearl remake and Pokemon finally was like, we're going to give you this Diamond Pearl remake. But there's a Diamond Pearl remake coming out in November. The issue with it is that it is a faithful remake. And what I mean with that is that it's literally the game 
in terms of scale, is one to one with the original Diamond and Pearl game. Got it. So it's, it's more just of it's a just little a remaster. It's basically a remaster to yes. Switch. It is a remaster. I don't think that it should be called a remake. It is a remaster because it's like the same like tile system. And I, I'm disappointed because it's like, it also looks like, do you remember that old game, My Sims? Yeah. It looks like that. But it's oh, like 2021. <laughs> I don't know why. Everybody, look it up. You should look it up and everyone should look it up, how it looks right now. We have new news coming out on Wednesday, but I don't even know what I'm going to hear. But it is terrible and I'm disappointed because like, I wanted to see the Sinnoh region the way I saw Galar in Gen 8. Mm-hmm. Just like upscale, like scaled things mighty and grand and beautiful with like modern architecture i want it like the remakes have always like embraced like the current thing that's happening so like in gen then in gen 6 when mega evolution came out um the remakes for omega ruby and alpha sapphire had new mega evolutions this one i don't think is even compatible with sword and shield it's and also it's outsourced another studio is developing it just license from Nintendo. So oh, okay. that's the remake. It's really disappointing. It looks ugly. It's the same game. Yeah. I don't think it constitutes for a remake. And everyone is like pissed about it because like this is not the region to be messing with people like this. So Honestly, so my my thing is at this point, if it's really just like you might as well just it's not even really a remaster, it's just like releasing the port on Switch. It's a release. Yeah, exactly. It's prettier. It's yeah, it's prettier, but like I was literally this year, I knew that this was coming out because it was rumored for a long time. So I was anticipation was playing Pokemon Platinum, um, which is in the same kind of realm as Diamond and Pearl. P- Platinum was like the third one that came out that was like a better version of both games. So I was playing Platinum in anticipation because I was like, ooh, like I'm going to play this and it's going to be so nostalgic. And guess what? It's the same freaking game mm. coming out. So it's just, I had to stop playing it because I was like, I'm going to be playing this again in a few months. So there's no point. But there's this other game coming out in January called The Legend of Arceus. And this game also takes place in the Sinnoh region, but it takes place centuries before the plot of Diamond and Pearl, when there was no cities or Pokemon League. And it kind of looks like Zelda. It's an open world RPG game, Um, which is cool. And it has like kind of like old school, like, um, like pre industrialization Japan feels, which is awesome. Um, it was like before there was a Pokemon League, like all the Pokemon are like, there's like one city, all the Pokemon are like, like out in the wild and it's breathtakingly beautiful, supposedly. And everyone's been asking for an open world Pokemon game. So this is, this is it. Um, the thing about it is that like, yeah, we want this game, but it's like a Pokemon game set in the past. So it's like, we don't get to see the Sinnoh region as we see it right now, which is sad. Like, I just wanted to see it modernized and embraced in this current generation. And a lot of fans are really disappointed about, like, how they're handling the Sinnoh remix. Because it's, like, no one asked for either of these games to come out. <laughs> they could have just made what everyone was asking for, which was an up, like, a modernized version of Diamond and Pearl. I don't know why they think... it. They don't listen. And you know what? I'm not going to sit here and pretend like Pokemon fans aren't toxic. They're a very toxic fan base. I will sit here and admit that. Like, there's no reason these 25-year-old men should be, like, threatening people with death death threats, you know? Um, Which is something that happens a lot in the Pokemon community. But 
yeah, it's 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 a mess. I mean, from a franchise standpoint, there was like a big issue happening this year when it comes to Pokemon cards. Like scalpers everywhere were like buying and like selling Pokemon cards like three times the price of like store prices. And like Target had to like take all the Pokemon cards away and only sell it like at the customer service section and only on Fridays because people were complaining about scalping and like people would like literally like it's at the point now where you can't even buy them online because people used to like literally like stock like the trucks that would come in to supply like the, the Pokemon cards at Target and like stock employees as they were like stocking and immediately like haul everything and it was bad like it became like a safety issue. Like people were actually not safe because of this thing, which is insane. So I just think Pokemon needs to like really fix a bunch of like, you know, across the spectrum, like fix your games, fix your card game, listen to your fans. So Jeremy is also a huge Nintendo fan. He also plays Animal Crossing. He plays Smash and he plays Mario Party. And so across the board on all of their franchises, Nintendo just doesn't treat their fans well. But also Nintendo knows that the fans will continue buying stuff. So that's why they don't really address issues. Yeah, exactly. Well, whatever. We're still, like I said, we're still going to eat all these games up. Yeah. Yeah. It's a circle of life. It is a circle of life. So on to some gaming news. There's a few Lost Judgment reveals that are out. And Joseph, have you ever played the Judgment games or the Yakuza games? Yes. Yes, I have. Okay, so Lost Judgment is the sequel to Judgment coming out for the franchise on September 24th. And they've now released an hour of gameplay or like they're allowing video game journalists and sites to play and um, show footage of Lost Judgment. And part of the reason why I'm talking about this, Joseph, for your context, is a lot of our fans of this podcast come from the Yakuza game and Yakuza game franchise. Some notable things about the gameplay, I did not watch a lot of it because I did not want to be spoiled. And just to, and I skimmed it, just for a spoiler warning, wow, they include a lot of cutscenes and plot. So um, just be careful if you're watching it. Uh, One of the more notable things that is not spoilerish is that they really went into the boxing game. Um, so Joseph in these, in these, um, Yakuza and Judgment games, so it usually revolves around, um, a lot of, um, gang and crime. And uh, the base, the basis of it usually has to do with the Yakuza, the mafia, of course. But then, um, how they contrast the game is that all of the mini games are kind of ridiculous. So it's like you have, like, this really hardcore, like, crime storyline or a super hardcore like gang storyline mafia storyline but then all of a sudden it's like your main character can go out and sing karaoke or play mahjong oh okay yeah so it's like all of the mini games and sub stories like all of like the like the side plots are out like completely the opposite tone of the main storyline so one of the mini games that was added to Lost Judgment is a boxing game. So in the gameplay, uh, the latest gameplay release, like straight up, they went into the whole boxing, like the whole boxing, um, 
mini game, and it straight up looks like Tekken. It like it like it's actually, it's like a fighting game within the game. <laughs> like imagine that sounds so fun. Like it's like straight up. I was like, oh my god, this is this is this is the type of stuff that this franchise does. It's like you have the game, and then within the game, it's like they add a racing game, or they add a fighting game, or like a bunch of like things like that. So if you ever play if you ever play the franchise, Joseph, it, it's a lot of fun. Hmm. I will definitely look into it. Yeah. And then um, the other last thing that I really like noted was that there's a part where Yagami, the main character, is like fighting people wearing white masks. And I don't know Mm -hmm. who the white masks are related to because I didn't want to get into like the storyline. But I was like, oh, the battle looked really cool there. Um, Pretty. It's a brawler style battle. Um, So... Yeah, that's pretty much all there is about the lo- the latest Lost, Ju- Lost Judgment gameplay. And just a reminder for everyone, pre-order is out and the game comes out on September 24th. That's so soon. Yes, I know. Which, b- if I if I turn in my Switch in September, it's fine because Lost Judgment yeah. is going to come out. <laughs> so, it all works out. <laughs> um, I have some news, actually. I just realized that I did. Go for it. Or something. Um, I did say it a while ago too, but Pokemon has a, um, some news at Pokemon Presents coming out Wednesday, August 18. And it's news about Pokemon Legends Arceus and Brilliant Diamond and Shining Pearl. A lot of people are kind of like downplaying it because they don't want to be disappointed. <laughs> In the news that's going to come out. But it's still exciting, you know? These Pokemon Presents, it's about to be, like, I think 17 or 27 minutes long. I don't remember. There's seven in the end. But it's going to be, like, the latest news. We haven't heard any news about these two games since they were announced in, like, February. So it's going to be really interesting to find out, like, what's going on with these games, where they are. It sounds like they're still on track. But you can also pre-order both of these games now. And if you pre-order at the Pokemon Center, um, I believe... There's a pre-order bonus. If you pre-order the Pokemon Brilliant Diamond or Shining Pearl, you can get one of the three starters as like a plushy keychain. So Piplup, Turtwig, or um, Chimchar. Oh my god. Okay. Sorry. For some reason, in my head, Generation 4 was like the Mudkip Generation. No, that's three. Oh my god. It's the Turtwig Generation. Yeah, it's sorry, a sorry. I, I love Torterra. So no, yeah. <laughs> I do. I love Torterra too. Torterra <laughs> in like Pokemon, um, the, the the movie. Yeah. Um, Detective Pikachu is so cool. Like I the way they know. made it like time now, and I was like, it's Torterra representation. Um, but so there's that coming out, and if you pre-order the dual pack, which my boyfriend and I are doing, um, you get all three, like all three like little press chains. And I think if you pre-order Legends Arceus, you also get a pre-order bonus, which is an Arceus plushie as well, I believe. Um, but yeah, so that's going to come out, and that's news. And a lot of people are excited about it. I'm going to be honest, as much as I shit on Pokemon, I love Pokemon. Yeah. Like, everything about Pokemon, the cards, the anime, the, the games, the side games. I'm playing Pokemon Unite right now. Which is like a MOBA. I forgot to talk about it. It's a big deal. It's a Pokemon MOBA. It's kind of okay, honestly. But <laughs> I'm like, I hyped it up and I'm like, it's okay. But it's still like tons of fun. Yeah. Um, it's a good way to get into MOBA if you can't play things like League like me. Um, but I, I love Pokemon. 
I'm yes. like, if I'm, I'm surrounded by Pokemon in my little bedroom right now. There's nothing, so. there's nothing wrong with, there's, all of us have something that the reason we hate it is because we love, is because we want yeah. it to be best and we love it so much, which is why we hate on things. But I totally feel you. Yeah. Thank you. Yes. All right. Your turn. What's your need? By the way, uh, just these Pokemon, um, announcement, it, it's, I didn't realize Pokemon even had their own directs. Yeah, Pokemon has their own directs. Like, everyone else has, like, Nintendo directs. Yeah. But Pokemon has their own directs. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah. So, um... Joseph, have you ever played any of the Grand Theft Auto games? I Not recently, but I used to. Like, I played... I spent so many hours in San Andreas. Are you are you ready for po- uh, not Pokemon Six? Are you ready for Grand Theft Auto Six? Is it actually? Or are they just gonna keep making five? <laughs> what's the what's, which brings what's the me tea, to which brings me to my point? If you're ready so, for Grand Theft Auto Six, you're not gonna get it because we're getting yeah. remasters of every PlayStation Two Grand Theft Auto game. <laughs> you. So, further delaying the Grand Theft Auto 6 release, if it's even happening, I don't even know anymore. Um, so, they, they announced that, or this is not announced, but it's a very strong rumor that they're remastering Grand Theft Auto 3, Vice City, and San Andreas. San Andreas is actually my personal favorite Grand Theft Auto game, too. Only when I played. What'd you say? <laughs> yeah. It's only when I played. Oh. <laughs> And it's a great one to play. So, mm-hmm. um, the rumors are coming that are coming out from Kotaku is that they remastered the games using Unreal Engine, so it's going to be both mixing new and old graphics, and the UI is going to retain the old style, but will be updated in some way. And it's and these remasters are going to be developed by Rockstar Dundee, which is the Scotland location of Rockstar. So, yes. Yeah. More, cool. more Grand Theft Auto pre uh, games from the past, and no new Grand Theft Auto. Um, okay, so next piece of news for me is Marvel's Avengers, as I said a while ago, from Crystal Dynamics and Square Enix, is still apparently on track to release their Spider-Man DLC by the end of the year. That's really cool because we kind of haven't heard about what was going on with the Spider-Man DLC. I mean, the Marvel's Avengers game got delayed and it kind of like, I think it's pandemic deleted by a lot, but it still just came out like really late. Um, it has kind of done okay, in my opinion. It hasn't done the best, but it's done pretty good for what it should do. Um, they've had two DLCs and unfortunately I do think it was a weak release because they released a Kate Bishop DLC and a Hawkeye DLC for some reason back to back. Both of them are archers. Kate Bishop is like Hawkeye's sidekick. I don't know why they did it back to back. It huh. wasn't interesting to me. But on August 17, we are getting our Black Panther DLC, which um, is a long way to thing. Yeah, it's called Black Panther Battle for Wakanda, and they're adding Black Panther to the roster officially. And we get to go to Wakanda in this game, and Black Panther gets to be part of the Avengers. So that's like a cool thing that's happening. Um, now we're not going to see Spider-Man until Black Panther comes like after Black Panther, but we are still on track to see Spider-Man in this game before 2021. So for everyone who loves the Spider-Man games from Insomniac, 
um, including the Miles Morales one, um, for the PlayStation, of course. Those are PlayStation exclusives. It's going to be fun to see them. But I think, I think Spider-Man is, as a DLC will also be an exclusive DLC for Marvel's Avengers on PlayStation. It's probably because a- Spider-Man is a Sony IP. Yeah. It's probably a good move too because Spider-Man's coming out for Christmas this year. The new um, yes, no oh way my home. god! So it's no probably aligned with that. Yep. I'm so excited! I'm so excited for No Way Home. Yeah. Okay, your turn. <laughs> All right. The last piece of news I have is surrounding um, the drama, or not drama, but the um, frustration with a new PS5 um, survival horror game that's coming out called Abandoned. Called Abandoned. Yes. I. <laughs> Can I, can I pause you for a second? Yes. <laughs> On our agenda, you put PS5 abandoned, and I thought it meant that PlayStation was, like, abandoning the PS5 models. Okay. And I, I was trying to ask you about it, because I was like, well, Lisa, you have news, video game news, PS5 abandoned. I'm like, what? I just got mine. What are you <laughs> abandoned? What are we doing? Yeah. But yeah, continue. Okay, we're not abandoning the PlayStation 5. There's a game called Abandoned. Yes. A game called abandoned and now i so this is coming from a studio called blue box game studios and i think from what i've been what i've looked up i think this is a hideo kojima studio um and as we all know that guy beats to the beat of his own his he beats to the beat of his own drum so um so Pretty much, uh, it's just, like, for context, it's just, like, new survival horror games coming out this fall should be fine. So, they told fans that there was gonna be, um, new footage and a trailer released, I think, last week. And the, the, so it's, like, the idea behind this, this new trailer was it's going, it was going to be released on an app. And the point of the app was like you you download the app, you can watch it on PlayStation or like wherever, and you're wa- and and you're watching real time render quality trailers and game footage versus like watching like the footage on like like kind of like whatever regular like YouTube quality there is. So it's like yeah. basically they imp- they basically what they were saying is we're gonna release new trailers. It's gonna be awesome and it's gonna be released on this app. So the quality is even better than YouTube, and you can actually see like what the game's really going to be about. And the yeah. and yes, um, but it never came out. In fact, oh. what happened was they released the app, but the app was kind of like um, was kind of like the beginnings of like developing an app where there were like placeholder buttons, but like nothing was updated. <laughs> now hold on, because we're talking about the. This man who famously oh, yes. made PT, <laughs> mm-hmm. and PT became not Silent Hills for some reason, and Silent Hill is just dead. Is this or is this not a Silent Hill game? You know, it's funny because when I was researching this, everyone was like, this is basically a Silent Hill game, right? And so, like, to answer your question, he's going to say it's not, but it probably is. Oh, do you think it's going to be like at the end of the game? It's like, oh, by the way, the town was silent. <laughs> and then we get to like, 
I love, I miss Silent Hill. Silent Hill. Okay, after Resident Evil 2. <laughs> and that's game I finished with Silent Hill. This explains a, thing, a lot of things about me. I was seven years old, and the first two games <laughs> I played from top to bottom are Resident Evil 2 and Silent Hill. Man, you, you lived Here a you life are. when you were a kid. Yeah, I, I, my parents did not know video games like that. They just let me do whatever I want. So. Man. To be fair, but ES, when I was ESRB young, ratings, I played garbage. games beating people up, so. I, I also played Tekken 3. Yeah, no, exactly my point. I played games. Tekken 3. People up. I was a Shao Yu main. I'd be playing Shao Yu in the little carnival, like, Hong Kong Stadium. Yay! Which was really fun. Tekken 3. Huarang. Oh my god. Oh, I love Huarang. Um, I am. She's so hot. Huarang <laughs> <laughs> was, like, the first. You know how everybody is obsessed with, like, Korean culture from, like, K-pop and K-dramas? Yes. That was not for me, sweetie. Me was Huarang. I was like, Huarang was the one for me. That was my, that was my Korean, my, like, <laughs> my phase of learning. I, like, did Taekwondo for, like, two years because I loved Huarang. Yes. That's how much I, like, loved that character. And to be fair, he's a very good-looking character. And so also... Hot. And also, like, the Taekwondo, I, I just loved playing with Huarang. Like, for me, I'm mostly a King person. Um, uh, right now, King and Steve Fox. Um, but, um, I do love Huarang, and I love, I love his battle style. Honestly, Huarang is one of the most reliable people in Tekken Tag as well. Like, he's a real, like, he's a very good, um, parry, and a very good, um, like, person to kind of, like, switch out, like, to, to finish out your combo. Oh yeah, yeah. JC is also another character in Tekken Tag Two that I like mm. love and miss. JC had a good gameplay. Okay, we're gonna talk more Tekken again. Yeah, next time. Next <laughs> abandoned. Time. Yes. Did you finish your thought about abandoned? Oh, basically, just this is becoming the new Kanye. This is the Kanye West Donda of the video game generation. Oh no. Yeah, this is this is this is this is what's happening this year for for music. You have Kanye West's Donda. And then for video games, you have Hideo Kojima's Abandoned. So, All right. that, yep. So that's basically what this is. <laughs> All right, let's do this. So for any listeners um, who want to ask a question, we will talk about how to do it at the end of this podcast. So question number one comes from Hooded Dude. And um, so he asked me a question about um, the uh, Korean drama Stranger, but what I had to do was I had to pull his original question from a couple months ago because he asked this question when I was on vacation. So I didn't, ha- but so it's like this question was directed to me, but I was on vacation. So I think Jeremy answered it. So now I'm, an- so basically now he, I'm answering like his original question. So I know you are big fans of Asian media in general, and Elisa has been to Korea, so have you watched the Korean drama Stranger on Netflix? I've just started it yesterday, and it's very good so far, giving me strong judgment vibes, as the main character is a prosecutor with a sense of justice. I recommend checking it out if you haven't, and a general question of what is other good Asian media out right now. And this is from Hooded Dude. So Let me answer this question first. Yes. No, I haven't. Okay. Thank you. Your turn. Thank you, Joseph. <laughs> You're welcome. So, yes, I have seen Stranger. I've seen both seasons, and I, it's one of my favorite K-dramas, especially of, of, like, the last five years. It's a fantastic show. And 
for people who are looking for a crime drama, this is definitely a really good one. Um, and just to kind of go more into it, the premise of the show is it's about a prosecutor and his personality is very cold and a detective and she's more empathetic and both of them have to investigate a murder. And uh, like the, sh- the part of the-, the twist of the show is that the main character who's the prosecutor um, has like kind of has like this um, like trigger hearing issue. And so he had like surgery for it and the surgery basically like changed him. And then now he's pretty much like he's very like basically like devoid of any emotions while the other detective is like definitely kind of like more emotional. So like you have like two foils and they're both trying to solve who murdered someone and it's a really good show. Um, just like for some context, because like we like to talk about the country context, like even like, especially with judgment. So in Korea, um, cause often in the United States, the prosecutor does not really investigate a crime. Like obviously the prosecutor investigates a crime, but it's more from the standpoint of like, there's detectives who have all of this material, the prosecutor is working with someone and then someone gives the prosecutor all the material and then the prosecutor works for it where in korea the prosecutor is is and and the like defense attorney and like basically if you're a lawyer in korea you're also a detective like you can even go out to like investigate as well so they're much more hands-on in korea so that's one of the things that you'll notice when you watch Stranger and you might think it's like di- kind of different. Well, like I'm speaking only on behalf of the United States, but like that's like the kind like the kind of context of like, oh, why is this lawyer doing so much? So that's why. Cool. Yeah. Well, um what is good Asian media out? I'm going to be honest, I'm not very in tune with a lot of like Asian media out. Um, but in terms of, like, me being, like, a My Hero Academia person, I've been liking the season so far. It's really good if you want to check it out. That's the closest I can get. For sure. There, and there's an anime question later, too. Oh, shoot. Okay, well, I take that back. I'm going to save oh, that yeah, answer no, no, for no, you can say it. You can say it. You can say it. You're totally right. fine. Also, a lot of listeners listen. No, a lot of listeners here watch My Hero Academia. So, oh, cool, Welcome. good, yes, good. You're in the right. You're in the right place. Perfect. Um, for more suggestions of of kind of like something like Stranger that's more in the law crime detective route, um, there is a detective time travel drama. It's called Signal, and if you hear the name, it's usually like categorized as one of the best korean shows of all time and there's like honestly a reason for it and it's it's, it really it truly is one of the best shows that they've put out there um and like i highly suggest watching that if you're interested in it and for another tv show it's called beyond evil and it's just another good tv show that that kind of focuses more on like the main characters and what they need to do to kind of like play like the game so that they can solve a crime. So it's like, it's like kind of like everyone's corrupt around them, but like the main characters realize they kind of need to play the same game so that they can figure out like what they need. So I also really like that show and that's why it's called Beyond Evil because like the two main characters go beyond evil to solve a crime. 
And yeah, yeah, so that's a good one. And then for movies that are in the kind of like the crime route, um, I suggest the movie Memories of Murder. It's a very good one. So, um, and then also in general for Asian, uh, like kind of live television, uh, Jeremy and I have definitely talked about this before, but there is a show called Alice in Borderland that is like one of the best TV shows I've seen in a long time. And that is a Japanese show, but it's, it's very, very good. And, um, I think we even had a spoiler cast on it, which you can go back to. Um, but yeah, those are like kind of like the current live action TV shows that, um, I can suggest. And, um, and, uh, just on the topic of Asian media, we have a question from Jeremy, who's on vacation, but was glad enough to drop a question for you and I. Um, have you watched Kim's Convenience? What did you think? And regardless if you watched it or not, how do you feel about the writers not including Asian Canadians and Korean, Korean Canadians in the writer's room? So, um, Joseph, let me just, let me just give context to this because I think it, so I think this question is directly based off of something that happened recently. So, so the, so the whole, I think what this writer question comes from is, um, um, her name's Jean Yoon and Jean Yoon plays the mom of Kim's convenience. And she talks about how, um, recently the later, like, so King Kim's convenience is officially over, but like the last couple of seasons have like been rough for a lot of the actors on the team because they've been like culturally inaccurate and overtly racist storylines. And to, and just like for additional context, um, the series has, two main writers, which are Kevin White and Ince Choi. And Ince Choi is Korean, Kevin White's not Korean. But when the show started peaking and getting popular, they kind of, there was a power shift where Kevin White kind of became more of the showrunner of the show. To the point that Ince Choi, who is the Korean-Canadian writer, left the show. And... I, and I, and like, this is basically speak, like, based, uh, like, the main mom character speaking out that, like, um, like, pretty much the old, like, one of the main Korean writers of the show left be- just because there, like, there was, like, a struggle with the writing. I'm assuming, of course, favoring, like, Kevin White. And then she also speaks out about how she's always wanted, like, female Korean writers on the show and they never employed them. And that, her herself, um, she said, she said that basically, like, the reason, like, for, like, a lot, like, I haven't seen a lot of Kim's Convenience, but a lot of the things on the show is because she had to correct the script and be like, Koreans don't do that. So, it's like, her herself would be like, would, like, they would write something about food. For the, the example they gave was about food. Like, they made a joke about kimchi or something, and then she was just like, this makes no sense because kimchi wouldn't do this. You have to choose another food. So it's like, a lot of the stuff, like, she was course correcting herself. So, just this idea that, like, pretty much people are telling the story of others that they don't actually know the story for. So that's the context of this question. Got it. So, um, oh, go first. Sorry, no, you, you. Okay. Um, just in general, it's not, like, it's not surprising that 
that it kind of t- that it would go in this direction just i mean like like with what we've witnessed with like the entertainment you know what the what's currently in the entertainment industry um yeah like there are a lot of people who do get like we like these stories do get shafted because they're trying to um they're just trying to white pass and so like so that's why they have all of these things but and and like they're just not relying on like us because they feel like we're not like what we do is not not going to be entertaining and it's very it's just very unfortunate it's unfortunate too that like one of the original korean writers quit the show as well for kim's convenience and yeah and that that's just not a good look in general um also like i i think about some like i do think about some some writers who are asian such as ali wong who ali wong writes for a lot of tv shows and i i think that like people like her are very important to telling the story um of like telling asian stories because like like and the thing is is like it's not just like a asian it's not just the asian thing it's like you would expect like the best writer to write something of like a specific ethnicity is like the ethnicity themselves. Yeah, exactly. We were just talking about this like in Tekken. I'm like, was yes. a Filipina person consulted for the story of Josie? Because nothing about her screams like what it needs to. You know what I mean? Like it's it's tokenism is what it feels like. Yes. Um, I have not personally watched Kim's Convenience, but my boyfriend has. But I do know that in relation to this, um, the main actor, I forget his name, from Kim's Convenience is also in Shang-Chi. In the oh, uh, Simu Lu. Simu Lu. What happened is that there was a statement um, from a Disney exec talking about how the release of Shang-Chi and the Ten Rings was kind of like a quote unquote the word experiment was used and Simulu kind of spoke out about against it because it's like in many ways having the first big Marvel project centered on an Asian culture is not an experiment it's representation and it matters because Asian cinema is used as the blueprint for so many things you know what I mean? And when I say Asian cinema, I'm talking Japanese, Chinese, Korean, Taiwanese, even Filipino cinema. Um, and media, not just cinema, has been used as reference for everything from like games to anime for so many things around us that you can feel like you can feel the impact of these things with movies such as Black Widow or like you know what I mean? Like, the action, the action scenes from what I grew up watching, like, a lot of, like, martial arts movies from, like, Chinese media, for example, um, like, a lot of that gets kind of, like, boiled down and translated to be edible for people in America, in Hollywood, to kind of digest. Am I making sense to you? No, so, yes. like, what I'm saying is, like, the fact that the word experiment would be used is weird to me because... In my opinion, this is not an experiment, but, like, a homage into, like, what gets ignored a lot, which is um, the impacts of Asian storytelling on a worldwide basis. I mean, let's talk about horror. Let's talk about the horror genre of things. 
I am not scared of a little pioneer woman ghost down the street. Okay? Like, I don't care. You see what I'm saying? Like, but once you put in, like, a woman in white with long-ass hair, I can't see her face coming out of a well, I'm running for my life. And that is a story that has inspired many things in Western media. It has inspired many creatures and characters and other things that's going on. Um... And it's kind of set the tone for modern horror cinema. Yet every time it's adapted to like the 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 Hollywood Western market, it tends to be mediocre. So I think the thing is like people treat things like telling Asian stories like Kim's convenience as like quote unquote experiments instead of like we should be putting money into this and representation into this and writers into this and time and dedication to like put it out because it's a story that should exist and should happen rather than like a subculture experience for a niche genre of people. You know what I mean? Amen. So, yeah. um, let me just break down like just how frustrating this whole thing is. Um, so the Olympics, so Olympics just came out. Um, it, uh, like the Olympics just ended like last week and, um, I have like, I act, I don't watch streaming. Um, I didn't watch streaming for the Olympics. Like, I I actually have the Olympic channels at home. So I've been watching the Olympics. And just for context, all Olympics long, we were getting Disney ads specifically for Disney Plus. And Disney Plus, like, it was basically like this ad for Disney Plus that says the journey continues. And it included like Black Widow, like Loki, like all, like whatever whatever the hell is like featured currently on Disney Plus. Now, and and of course the Olympics, which a lot of people are watching, they're just like, oh, let's let's advertise Disney Plus because that's what you know we're gonna get the most like viewership and hopefully get more people to join. All right, now let's flash forward to this past week. So this past this past week, Disney announced that Shang-Chi was going to be an interesting experiment because Shang-Chi would not be on Disney+. Plus. It would just go directly to theaters. And and it's just kind of like, internationally, not every country has opened up their movie theaters yet. And for context, too, Black Widow made $60 million from Premiere Access on Disney+. Plus. So it's just kind of like breaking this down. All right, so we have this move, like movie about Shang Chi, which is like a Chinese American. He, um, so Disney advertised Disney Plus all Olympics long, all leading up, and Shang Chi comes out September third, and then guess what? They decide suddenly that Shang Chi's not going to come out on Disney Plus, and just to, in fact, I don't even think Shang Chi even had commercials during the olympics as well so uh, i this the marketing for shang chi has just been completely botched it's really disappointing um also like you're obviously going to like we're still in a pandemic so there are people who aren't going to go to the theater so obviously that's one of the reasons why black widow made 60 million dollars on premiere access because not everyone especially in these countries where movie theaters aren't open yet they were that's how they were watching these movies so it's like the thing that's really frustrating is like we have these asian stories and it's like they're not even investing in advertising like i like 
it was kind of interesting because like at the beginning of the year, I was like, it's so cool that Simu is very po- like Simu is very excited to watch and Shang Chi because he worked on it. And he's advertising it so much, and I'm just like, I'm so happy. For- you know, and I, honestly, I was like super happy for him. Like he and he was so enthusiastic. Now I'm realizing the reason he's advertising it is because they're not advertising it for him. And, exactly. Yeah, and that's and I completely agree with you. Like we need these stories. Um, to flourish, and also you have to treat it, treat it with respect, and advertise it properly. Like I, it, it's just like it just blows my mind that like Loki and Black Widow, I feel like, are still getting commercial access, and I haven't even seen a Shang Chi commercial yet. Yeah, exactly. I've seen trailers, but I, it's not in my face as much as Black Widow was. So I, yeah, the reason I've seen trailers is because I go on YouTube to watch them. <laughs> Exactly. Like, exactly. Yeah, they're not actively advertising it, which is very frustrating because Black Widow was advertised for like two to three months in advance before it came out. And yeah, yeah, it's just it's just very it it is very unfortunate. And you know, as a you know, I this is the type of stuff that I care about. And you know, I don't have it like I don't have like like a huge position right now in a like that or you know that can even like affect this change but i will always continue talking about it because like this is the thing like there's like there's representation but the point of representation is not just showing the stories of like us struggling or like the stories of our history representation is also showing just our regular stories showing us as superheroes showing us going on a girl's trip, showing us, like, like you know, like, having, like, romance. Like, like these are these are all stories that need to be told. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, at the end of the day, like, visibility is so important. If I saw people who were like me growing up, like, my life would have been changed so drastically. So. Yes, I agree. In ways, like, it's kind of crazy that, like, it's weird how I feel like, I mean, obviously, like, it wasn't perfect, but there was a lot of Asian content in the 90s. And then in the early 2000s to, like, 2015, it, like, severely dropped. And mm-hmm. I'd, I'd, I'd say, like, one of the only prominent, like, Asian things that, like, kind of came out during that time was Avatar. The last, the last, yeah. Airbender, the last Airbender Avatar, not, you know, Blue People, but... Yeah. Yeah. It but um but yeah, I it just needless to say I'm very disappointed with the way that Shang-Chi's being advertised right now. I know. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, but I I I'm I was going to watch it in theaters anyways and um obviously like I like there are people who are immunocompromised like or have like you know they don't want to take their kids because of course their kids are under 12 like you know and also like florida's crazy so i totally get it but yeah disney like released this shit on premiere access like i this is bs <laughs> so exactly yeah put it out there put it out there and rant and rant and rant yes all right, what's next? All right. Now, the next question is also from Hooded Dude. 
any cool hobbies you have apart from video games that you want to share with us. Maybe you're into knitting or something and we don't know. So, plot twist, I am a knitter. (laughs) (laughs) I knit hats. Hats are my specialty. (laughs) I knit, I don't knit, like, I haven't, like, broadened my, like, talent to, like, knit sweaters or whatever, but I do knit scarves and I knit hats and I like making different pattern hats. Joseph, maybe I will make a hat for you for Christmas. Yeah, make me a little hat. I honestly would love that. Or, like, make me, like, little plushies. Oh, man. Uh, Okay, I legit want to get to that level, so. Yeah. I'll experiment with that. Let's go. (laughs) Yes. So, Um, yes, I do knit, and then just some other stuff I do is that I'm a, uh, I also like to hike, and um, right now, I am learning kind of like to like long distance run more leisurely. And so what I mean by that is like actually like try to like run like like 10 miles, but it's like not like a struggle. Like it's like I'm basically like trying to get my mile like it's a long term goal, but I'm trying to get my mile down to like seven minutes, which would be a miracle if I ever got it to that level. I have it at uh, like on a good day. I have my mile time at nine. On average, it's usually like 10 minutes, but I... I am trying to, like, like, I do like running, which, like, I know a lot of people don't like running, but I act, like, I genuinely really like running, so I'm trying to improve that. And another hobby is I like looking up random architecture, because I actually, I, I don't know why. Uh, architecture is one of those things that I'm really into, like, especially world architecture. I, um, it started off because I, in college, I took, like, a random GE for architecture, ended up loving the class. So now, like, I actually pay attention to, like house builds and like all of these things it's one of the reasons why i also really like hgtv so yes that's all for my hobbies joseph what are your hobbies um well when i'm not gaming i'm usually doing my podcast which is called it's our culture and um we've been kind of we're, we're kind of between seasons right now so um that that part that segment's pretty low-key but i'm also a photographer um my photography account is at Joseph's Picks and Chill on Instagram. I do a lot of like artsy, like kind of magazine esque photography. That's more of my vibe with people, um, and kind of like sets. If not sets, there's a clear concept and vibe and like look to it. I'm also uh, an amateur artist. Uh, my Instagram for that is at Joseph's Doodles. Um, I like to just draw like little cute things like Pokemon. I'm not like trained at Man, the art of it. I remember anything. like that one time, that one time during, um, uh, like our shutdown, like you were just like, anyone want to, anyone want a picture? And I think like by the time I saw it, you, you were like no longer like accepting pictures and it's like, damn it. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I like doing it. It's just like, I mean, th- that time I was like doing like $5 commissions. Yeah. And I was like, at some point, I was like, I had four weeks worth of work ahead. And I just had to like stop because it was like a lot. But I opened it back in October. And in October, I did $10 commissions and half of it went to a nonprofit called Gladio. And I donated, yeah, like half of it. And we raised like $200 for Gladio through commissions. I might do something like that again in the future. I don't know. Well, we'll see. Um, I am drawing like a few things right now. Um, I'm kind of trying. One thing that I'm not good at is I can close my eyes and draw like 
a woman easily. Like, I like drawing girls, probably because I'm gay, and it's like my favorite characters growing up were like Nina Williams and Xiao Yu. <laughs> like, it's just <laughs> easy for me to conceptualize yes. drawing like a bad bitch. Um, but like, I don't draw a lot of guys, so I'm kind of like drawing guys of different body types. Um, and yeah, I'm just like learning to draw boys. Um, what else do I do on the side? I like, um, as a hobby, I guess, um, besides like board games, um, I love to, I have like a decent big collection of board games that my boyfriend and I play a lot. And and yeah, kind of like this, this, that's a little bit more about me. Very nice. Next question is from Dave97. What is your opinion on 2D side-scrolling games costing $60? The Since Metroid Dreads reveal this has been a huge debate online. So... So, side-scrolling games are fun. Yes. The graphics, in today's date, amazing. I can see the argument here, right? Because it's still the simple playthrough. Yes. Of, like, it's the same concept. It's not like a you know, it's not like side-scrollers have changed significantly. It's a side-scroller game. However, it's more of a niche to me than anything. It's kind of like, that's just how it is. There's not much you can do about it. Yeah. Um, It's more for, like, the nostalgia and the gameplay to kind of, like, feel what's going on and, you know, like, understand the level design of, like, this long... I don't want to say long-forgotten. There's tons of side-scrollers that have come out. But, to be frank... I think it's fine. Um, if it's a $60 game, you know, $60, in my opinion, reflects how much work was put into it. That's, rather than, that's, like, a, that's what my main point, is. actually, too. Yeah. Yeah. Like, people gotta eat. <laughs> yeah. Like, we work in media. We work in, you know what I mean? So it's yes. like, people gotta eat. Like, these people need to get paid to do it. So it's like, I'm not super salty about $60. If you don't want to play the game, that's totally okay. Like, not everyone has to play everything. But, like, if it's, if people put in enough work for this game to be a $60 game, and that is what it is to me. Yes. Um, so I, that, so that's basically like my main argument for like, it's okay for it to be charged $60. It's like, so I, I took a, I took a look at the trailer, um, the, and the, uh, gameplay that was released at E3 this year. And it's one of those things where although it is a 2D platformer, there are parts of it of it that look more complex. Like it's one of those things where like it looks like a 2D platformer, but a lot of it also appears to be in 3D. A lot of tr- the transitions look a lot um look a lot more than just like a 2D. And um so it's one of those things where the way that it was developed, it really might cost $60. And to that, to that argument, I feel like it's valid where if you feel like the amount of work put into it is $60 and that it's like, I, see, I don't, I don't know how long Metroid games usually are, but it's like, you know, if it like equals that amount, then I feel like there is no problem with it being $60. So to my other point though, um, Metroid, is a Nintendo game. And the trend of this whole episode is Nintendo's been screwing people over since the beginning of time. So there was no way that this game was not going to be $60. I uh-huh. mean, Mario, exactly. like Mario Party Superstars is charging 
five courses for sixty dollars. So um it's just it's just kinda like it's like on one side I feel like one side I feel like if they if developers really did put amount of work into it that would cost sixty dollars, I think it's fine. And we don't know yet because no one's played the game yet. But also no one should be surprised that Nintendo is charging sixty dollars for this. So Yeah, at the end of the day there's like a lot of costs associated. Like yeah. production it's a Switch game, so yep. it's bound to be expensive. Marketing, etc. It's, it's it's kind of like the standard yeah. how much it is. Yeah, and um, yeah. Also, I like obviously like I know people have been like starved for a Metroid game, but like if you do feel like this is more expensive, then of course like there's a lot of really good indie games out there on like you know other like PlayStation, Steam, Xbox that are like less than like. $60. So, you don't, like, basically what I'm trying to say is you don't have to play Metroid. But if you're playing Metroid, you are committing to Nintendo, and you know that you would pay $60 for Nintendo. But if you don't want to, then you don't have to. So, that's it. And then the last question we have for today is from PJ Sucks. What is your favorite anime? That's a great question. You first. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, my favorite anime is Inuyasha, and I it came. I really love Inuyasha from the days of uh, Adult Swim when Adult Swim was just Inuyasha. Um, uh, what was the other one? Uh, Gundam, uh, Inuyasha, Gundam, Trigun, and Cowboy Bebop. Cowboy Be Cowboy Bebop is also like my second favorite game. Uh, not game, second favorite anime. But yeah, I love Inuyasha, and I love the storyline. And I'm also really happy that, like, they actually closed out the storyline. Like, that's probably, like, like one of my favorite fantasy animes of all time so, um, as well. So I really much enjoy Inuyasha. Second would be Cowboy Bebop. Um, I love that show as well. I rewatched Cowboy Bebop recently, too. And, nice. yeah, and it, it, I, I think it still holds up. And... Um, I love the soundtrack, especially for it. Like, Cowboy Bebop also takes place during space, and I think this anime was, came during a time where it's like, when you, when you are making anime, you are like, drawing each frame, like, one by one. Like, this is, this was like, not the, this is not like the current age of like, anime. So it's like, all of the stuff they do in Cowboy Bebop is very impressive. Similar to Star Wars, where it's like, the original Star Wars, a lot of like, the stuff that's impressive is it like, came during a time when like, they're you, you, like they were figuring out how to do that shit. So, um, I also like Samurai Champloo, which all which is from the same um same I think like showrunner as Cowboy Bebop, and I like Kuroko no Basuke, uh, which is a basketball anime. And right now, my like like rising in the ranks, Haikyuu, which is a volleyball anime, is like really on my radar to be like like maybe usurping Inuyasha, depending on how it ends. So yes. So those are like my favorite animes. The anime that like kind of like brought me, I guess, into anime growing up was the original Yu-Gi-Oh! series. Yes. Um well, and Pokemon, I guess. Like those are like the two things. Um so I played a lot I I played a lot of Yu-Gi-Oh! growing up to the point where I'm actually I used to play a lot and I okay. actually got like a five thousand dollar like scholarship for being like a Yu-Gi-Oh champion I'm that's like, awesome very... by the way yeah, I have, I have, I have a very controversial opinion 
I yes. think I think I think Yu-Gi-Oh the anime is a lot better than Pokemon. I agree with you, actually. Like, well, not anymore. The new Yu-Gi-Oh sucks. Original. Like, I don't. Original. Original. Yu-Gi-Oh. Like, like regular Yu-Gi Joey. Like, um. Yeah. Yeah. Like that. Um. Yeah. In terms of like more modern, well, not super modern. I remember Code Geass when Ooh, it came out. Ooh, that's a good one. A, yeah, that was like a big thing that I like loved so much. Um, and it still holds up to this day. You know, has like it teaches you about colonialism and imperialism and like and racism. It does. Um, so it's a that's a really good impactful anime in my life. Um. Jesus, what else did I love? I remember I used to love, I used to, like, for some reason, love scary anime. So, like, Blood Plus. I've never heard of that one. Blood Plus is an anime. um, It's I don't remember if she's a vampire or something. But it's an anime from the 2000s. I believe it was, like, like, uh, 2006-ish. It's pretty good. And, um, the Devil May Cry anime, Mm -hmm. I also loved, um... Do you watch Death Note? I did, but I didn't like it at all, so I didn't like it at all. Um, but there's also this anime from the 2000s called Tokyo Majin that was, like, really good, and I was, like, super obsessed with it, um, when it came out in, like, 2008, and that was, like, that era of anime was kind of, like, my last era of anime like mm-hmm. now i watched my hero which i love and i watched nar i'm trying my boyfriend and i started naruto from the beginning but we keep getting kind of like distracted by other I, things one i so on netflix i have all of the naruto like things on my watch list and i'm just like one yeah day, one day i'm what? going to do this <laughs> it's i'm like i don't know part way through shippuden we haven't even gotten to boruto um but yeah, I watched, oh god, I don't watch a lot of sports anime, because the closest sports I have to my life is RuPaul's Drag Race. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, what's that sports anime that's like the ice skating one? That's Yuri on Ice. Yuri on Ice, yes. I finally watched that recently, because people kept telling me that's gay and I should watch it. It's pretty good. So um, I, I've never seen Yuri on Ice, but I think Yuri on Ice is one of the best anime soundtracks of all time. Yes, it does have very beautiful music, and it is a very beautiful anime, and it is gay, which I appreciate. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, and yeah, no, my favorite anime right now is RuPaul's Drag Race. Very nice, very nice. <laughs> RuPaul's Drag Race, if you think about it, has a lot of like anime plots. Yeah, if you like really boil it down, you know, I I, I, I see what you mean. <laughs> there's rivalries. There's like a master. Yeah. Um. There's, like, your, you know, like, in shonen anime, everyone kind of has their, like, special powers and attributes. So like, each drag queen has, like, their own tribe. <laughs> and there's, like, the, the, the long-reaching anime plots and battle. It's, it is an anime. Well, it's not, but, like. Fair, fair. It's close. Um, which is also a big hobby of mine. And we share it in common. Yes. In fact, I started watching it because he introduced me to it, and he he basically during our carpools was like, "Watch it," and I'm just like, "I will." Yes, and you finally did. Are you caught up? I'm not on. I'm not on this current All Stars, but um, it's mostly you caught up up to season thirteen. Yeah, it's because I'm watching Love Island right now. 
and okay. yeah. I was like, "You want my Paramount Plus? You can have my Paramount Plus if you want." I will it. eventually. I will. I will. But I, I'm just yeah. finishing up Love Island, and then I'll. I'll I did that. give it to you. You didn't. You, you didn't. I did. Oh, you did. Okay. I you don't did. remember the password. <laughs> Maybe I offered it to you. I'll give it to you. Okay. Okay. You can watch yes. it. <laughs> but no, this All Star season is really good, Elisa. You gotta watch it. No, I've I've it's heard. So, so good. I'm very excited to watch that. Um. But yeah. Yeah, that's anime. <laughs> Not, but it is. <laughs> Yay! Alright. So, if you want to ask a question, you can go on www.downtime.live two ways. There is a form that you can fill out, or on the website, and going to be in the show notes, there's a link to the Discord. And you can join the Discord, and you can write questions there. We have a specific channel for podcast questions. You can also email us at contact at downtime.live. You can also leave a comment anywhere where we have the podcast. So YouTube, like Stitcher, like anywhere where you can comment. If you go to it, then we will answer the question there. Um, we also have a Twitter, which you can ask us questions there, too. And if you listen to this podcast on Apple Podcast, we will read your review. So go ahead and write us a review and we will read it out on the podcast. And Joseph, thank you so much for joining me in this episode. It's really nice to talk with a guest because like I said, I oftentimes have to record these videos by myself because my schedule is so... Not the business. So I appreciate that this works yeah, out. Yeah, thanks for having me. And yes. feel free. I, I will guest on this podcast as your co-host at any time. We get out basically at the same time. I was about to say, work. you're the only person who does my schedule works yeah. with. So. Yeah, so <laughs> if you want to record at like one in the morning, talk about video games, girl, Yay. I'm down. Thank you. You just let me know. Thank you. Now, yeah. before we end this podcast, Joseph, do you have anything that you want to say? Like, any handles that you want to mention? Go for it. Uh, so, I also have my podcast. We're called It's Her Culture. And I have it with my best friends, Nay and Dom. And the three of us are... <laughs> the way we describe this podcast is it's a multural... Mo- sorry. Multural... <laughs> <What>? Multicultural... <laughs> multural... Cultural. You just made multicultural. a new word. You made multicultural. a new word. Exactly. It's a multicultural, pop culture-centric podcast where we talk about a lot of things that are anything from mild to wild and from, like, hot seat to taboo. It's we. It, it's called It's Our Culture because we kind of, like, the way we have this podcast focused is on individual stories and individual cultures, like gaming culture, anime culture, drag culture, etc. Um, and it's a very, like, personal podcast to us. We don't, we have, like, um, a lot of our listeners and our demographics kind of, like, appeal to people of color who are millennials. Um, and, you know, as Black, Indigenous, POC, we are a platform also for a lot of people um, to talk about their struggles and their triumphs and their stories and it's a very uplifting um podcast but it's also it's just like a ton of fun so if you want to check us out we're on all streaming platforms like i said we're called it's our culture apple music spotify 
uh, sorry, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever the finest podcasts are played. We're also at Instagram. We're um, at interculture underscore podcast on Instagram. We are on a hiatus right now because we're in between seasons, but we are going to um, start season two soon. And we're like super excited about it. Yay. And yeah, it's going to be lit. We have some plans that we want to do and, you know, spreading more culture into the world is, has always been my priority. And, um, if you want to find me, like as my personal, I'm just at Joseph Fortuno, like on Instagram. And, um, you can catch me in the streets of Pacific California. And don't put that. I don't want people oh my to know. <laughs> you can catch me in California somewhere. <laughs> Okay. Out here in the Bay Area, I'm probably <laughs> sipping boba and walking down the street. Awesome. Also, he has a really good podcast. I forgot which episode I was listening to. I was listening to the episode, I think, about dating that you had. Yes, it was, our it was, Valentine's one. Yes, okay, yes. It was such a good episode. So their, their, their podcast is very good. You should definitely check it out. Thank you. Yeah, I would also love to have you in a podcast someday. Maybe we'll have like a gaming episode. Oh my gosh. Okay. Yes. Hit yeah. me up. I love crossovers. Okay. Crossovers are so fun. It's yes. like when, you know, back in the day with like the big crossovers, like when uh, Jimmy Neutron crossed over with like <laughs> fairly odd parents. That was, by the way, odd. one of the most. Uh, like, that was the ambitious crossover before Marvel Avengers. Yes, so. exactly. Back in the day, that's what we had. We yes. had Wizards on Deck with Hannah Montana. Oh my god, and- stop! <laughs> <laughs> we had Wizards on Deck with Hannah Montana, and That's So Sweet Life with Hannah Montana. Like, yes. that was a vibe. Yes. Um, But yeah, I hope to have one of those with you on my side soon. It's like Street Fighter X Tekken. So this was our Street Fighter X Tekken, and now we got to do Tekken X Street Fighter on my podcast. Sounds good. And this time, I like hit me up. I'll actually do it and not be like, and not take a decade, and not take a decade to do it. So Namco, if you're out there, we're waiting. <laughs> yes. Thank you. Yes. All right, that is it for the episode. Thanks everyone for listening. Peace you play some video games be kind to one another and if you're going out make sure you wear some sunscreen bye